Please turn with me to Psalm 14. I'm very excited this morning to present this psalm to you. This is roughly 18 months in the making, and it has become very alive and real to me in the, the, the last few weeks. And I hope that as you pay attention to the psalm and some thoughts, you'll see a common thread already in the prayer and hymns that have been sung and prayed this morning. Psalm 14. Do you believe in Holy Spirit-inspired redundancies? Amen. Psalm 14 has a twin psalm, Psalm 53, that's been presented a couple of years ago by our brother Matthew Eastland. And there's an extended version in Romans 3, 10 through 18, focusing on the first few verses of this psalm, where it explains in a deeper way our total depravity. Yes. The, the psalm is really entirely one thought, but there are two small divisions that I would like to make. Verses 1 through 3 are total depravity and our state before God before he changed us. Verses 4 through 6 are those that he has not changed and their uh, egregious hatred of God's people. And then verse 7, God will take care of his people no matter those that are against them. Yes. Follow along as I read to you Psalm 14. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good. No not one. Amen. Have all the workers of iniquity no knowledge who eat up my people as they eat bread and call not upon the Lord? There were they in great fear, for God is in the generation of the righteous. Ye have shamed the counsel of the poor, because the Lord is his refuge. Oh, that the salvation of Israel were come out of Zion. Amen. When the Lord bringeth back the captivity of his people, Jacob shall rejoice, and Israel shall be glad. Amen. I want to focus on those first three verses, and in not trying to preach total depravity, I do want to focus on total depravity for a few minutes here. We must fully grasp where we were to fully appreciate where we are. Yes. We have a couple of problems, though. First, we do not believe in total depravity by nature. We believe in partial depravity. We're sure that we aren't totally bad. There must be some in us that's good. Second, we cannot fully appreciate the change the Lord has wrought in us until we fully view how bad we are by nature. I'm asking you to catch a vision. Catch a vision of who you are by nature. We think that because we call ourselves Christians, our sin is less disgusting. We think because we are in this church, we can get away with it. We justify ourselves by nature. We discount the great work of change when we do not fully comprehend our natural state. We have an innate default to think we are okay. Pride tells us that we are okay. We are not totally depraved. We only have a little bit of bad in us. Our sin is not as bad as everyone else's sin. 
the Lord must have some reason to call upon us and to, to be there for us. Let me read the extended version because I believe it is very helpful to see how bad we are in our natural state. The extended version is found in that Romans 3 passage. Romans 3, starting at verse 10, this is your resume. Right. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way, they are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher, with their tongues they have used deceit, the poison of asps is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. That is your resume. That is my resume until the Lord changes us. Notice in this passage, we get the no, not one twice. No, not one. It needs to clarify. The Holy Spirit has clarified for us. In case you think you're the one, you're not. There is not one. We quickly justify ourselves thinking maybe we are the one and so we haven't committed the big sins, right? No murder, you know, we haven't uh, gone out all night and gotten drunk and and killed somebody. We haven't done those bad things, but but listen to what the Lord says about sin. The thought of foolishness is sin. It doesn't say foolishness is sin in that passage. It says the thought of foolishness is sin. Do you know that the Lord has eyes? I mean, not these things. The Lord doesn't need these things to see. We need these things to see. The Lord doesn't need them. The Lord does have eyes, though. And they're better than 2020. Right. And he doesn't need glasses or, or contacts to make them that way. But it says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Hey. It says that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. The Lord has eyes. Verse 3 of our psalm says that he looked. It says, the Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. The Lord looks. He looked down from heaven to see. Conservative estimates say that there could be 80 billion souls that have once lived upon the face of the earth throughout the course of history. 80 billion. And yet he says, no, not one. All 80 billion are condemned by our total depraved nature. That's right. But God has eyes for something else. So let me not leave you in total despair with total depravity. Let me give you a few pieces of comfort. In verse 4, it says that there are those that do call upon the Lord, for they're in contrast to those that do not. In verse 5, it says, God is in the generation of the righteous. Yes, right. Amen. It says that. There is a poor people whose God is their refuge in verse 6. We need to catch a full vision of our total depravity to understand what God has wrought in our lives to give us this great change. It's only when we fully understand the state of our nature that we can fully appreciate what he has done. Total depravity, by definition, requires total dependency. One of the greatest motivators in our life should be rightly viewing what the Lord has done for you to take you from the first three verses and to put you in the next three verses. Let us totally depend on God as our refuge. 
Let us be the generation of the righteous. Let us get a vision of our sin and in that vision see how depraved and bad we were and therefore how great a salvation the Lord has wrought in our lives. Thank you. Amen. Amen.